Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, my name is Chris Jansen, and I'm the, your uh, fearless leader today. Good to be back. I've been on vacation last week, so I think I only made one session. And I'm going to go on a second vacation this coming up week. I'm hoping to be a little more uh, uh, present during that week. So we'll see. I hope so. Anyway, it's good to be here this morning, 1130 in Lansing. And I have uh, a whole lot of uh, a slew of opening remarks before the opening meditation. So you've been warned. Here we go. First of all, I thought for today, I would use the four M's. Now we just heard about the mindless madness of miscreation, but my four M's are Maya's mob meditation, Maya's mobs meditation method. And when we did all that uh, work this past month, I thought, I know her mob, I know, I forget, Bruce, I think you were part of the mob that helped plan that. and. Uh, Dave, you might have been, of course, Maya, and I think maybe Audrey, you might have been too. I don't know. But there was a whole bunch of you that kind of pulled that together. So one of the things we did there was obviously took time to uh, let things sink in. So today when I'm uh, doing this, there it might be more frequent for me that, well, I'll just ask us to stop and let, let things settle in uh, before we discuss anything like that. A second thing that I'm uh, going to shoot for is uh, using nouns instead of pronouns as much as I can, because I do find when I can plug in the right noun for the pronoun that I'm reading, uh, it makes a hell of a lot more sense a lot of the time to me. And because uh, a lot of times I'm just I just gloss over that. It's like, well, I know what that means. I don't know what that means. So if I'll slow down, back up and see what now needs to plug in there. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and as you know, um, probably know, the forgiveness seems to be a pretty big theme here. So this time I looked up forgiveness again. And uh, one of my uh, reasons for being confused is there's actually in the glossary itself, at least, at least the way I read it, four different definitions for forgiveness. And I've put those in the own, my own uh, Jansen terminology. One is that one definition is looking at our specialists with Holy Spirit. That seems to be, that's the first one, maybe the main one. It's just, to me, it seems like a lot of times it depends on where that word pops up and how it relates to the content of what's being talked about. So the first definition is, um, or one definition is looking at our specialists, you know, our special love, our special hate. Um, it seems to me too that Ken talks about everything is really special hate. <laughs> we, it comes out, the, the special love always turns to special hate eventually. If you think about it, look at it, are honest with yourself, yada, yada, yada. But uh, at the time, not so. Anyway, that's one definition. A second definition is our uh, of forgiveness is our shift to shift our perception of another from enemy to friend. Isn't that a nice one, you know? Uh, instead of looking at somebody who just, you know, we always use cut, somebody cuts you off the road. Well, that person's not my enemy. It's just somebody that cut me off the road. Just kind of neutral about it. Uh, the third definition, 
the way I reinterpreted it was seeing everyone the same or having Christ vision. So as I look out on the screen here, obviously in form, um, y'all aren't as good looking as me, but there are different forms out there. So I just have to look at everyone as the same or Christ vision. And on that point, if you just look at people's eyes, I've noticed when I just look at people's eyes, it just it helps me with uh, seeing the Christ in everybody. And somebody say, once the eyes are the window of your soul, something like that. And the fourth one. <laughs> is uh, for forgiveness is I am responsible. I just choke on that right there. I am responsible for my script. So I, I did all this. And uh, that's going to lead into our meditation for today in a minute. So, uh, and letting go of what others have not done to me. So there's four definitions of forgiveness. Now, I also wanted it instill in the vocabulary line because these things will come up today is just read uh, Wapnick, Ken Wapnick's uh, definition or Jesus's in Ken's interpretation of form and content. No, uh, in the glossary. No need to go to that. I'll just read it. If you want to, it's it's on page 82 in the uh, eighth edition, enlarged. So form and content. The world's multitude of forms conceals the simplicity of their content. Truth or illusion, love or fear. The ego attempts to convince us our problems are on the level of form so that their underlying content, fear, escapes notice and correction. The Holy Spirit corrects all our seeming problems at their source, the mind, healing the ego's content of fear with his love and demonstrating that there is no order of difficulty in miracles or problem solving. So, so much for, for uh, definitions. Uh, I am so glad I'm doing lesson 47 and 48. And um, when I read them oh, a little more than a week ago, what I was going to do on vacation this past week, and I didn't quite do it, was just, you know, they say if you learn one lesson all the way, you've got the whole thing. Well, I was just going to keep doing 47 and 48 over and over again. So I did get a little more in depth with in it and found it very helpful. I really think uh, for today's discussion and everything, the way I look at 47 is that's the cake and lesson 48 is the icing on the cake. 47, there's a lot of material there. 48, just kind of, uh, there's nothing to fear is the icing on the cake. And the last point I wanted to make was uh, before the opening is um, Probably you guys have played red light, green light before when you were youngsters. And so if you, you, uh, I don't have a red light, so I won't pull that up. But if you have a green light somehow, rather than raising your hand, you could put the green light up and I'll probably come to you first. Or also as you became adults, we changed from red light to uh, talking sticks or a talking piece there, like, like a pin or something. So if you all, if you have something around that you want to talk, you don't want to raise your hand, you've got a talking piece, hold that up. But most likely you can just raise your hand after I finish each paragraph and I'll get to you. 
Now, wow, today's lesson. I'm just going to read today's lesson out of the journal because it is uh, this morning when I read this, it was so powerful to me. And uh, um, it, I think it goes along with 47, 48 and, and all the lessons. It, this goes back to if you learn one all the way, you've got it. So it's if you have it's lesson 218 or lesson 190, a review of 198. And uh, I'll read all the way through Ken's interpretation also, and then we'll, we'll do the uh, four M's for a minute or two. So lesson 218, the uh, summary or the review of 198. Only my condemnation injures me. My condemnation keeps my vision dark and through my sightless eyes, I cannot see the vision of my glory. Yet today I can behold this glory and be glad. And what Ken has to say is, my vision is, is not dark because of what you have done to me, nor is my unhappiness the result of your mercilessness and abuse. They are the result, my, my uh, unhappiness is the result of a choice I have made and therefore one I can undo. As easily as I choose the blindness of condemnation, I can choose the vision of forgiveness. And I'll call us all back in a minute or two. So when you're ready, come on back to the big screen. Welcome to all of you folks that are here and have just arrived. We're on lesson 47, uh, page 75 in the workbook. Let me go through the first paragraph and then if you have comments about any of that silly stuff I just said beforehand or first paragraph, you can put up your green light or your 
talking stick or your hand. Or the other method is just to start yapping away because I don't always see everybody. And that works too. So lesson 47, God is the strength in which I trust. If you are trusting in your own strength, you have every reason to be apprehensive, anxious, and fearful. What can you predict or control? What is there in you that can be counted on? What would you give? What would give you the ability to be aware of all the facets of any problem and to resolve them in such a way that only good can come of it? What is there in you that gives you the recognition of the right solution and the guarantee that it will be accomplished? So let me give my uh, reflections on that, and then I'll open it up to everyone. But my, my, one of my first thoughts on that was, uh, it seems to me like he's talking about humanism here. And myself included, I was a big humanist for a long time, thinking if we would just do the right thing uh, or follow our common sense, everything is going to be fine. So I have humanism really no hope with it. Now, politics, uh, it looks like we, the people, have a little indigestion right now. So I think even on the, you know, we're looking at our democracy and, and uh, how, how's that going for us? I'm just saying it looks like we have a little indigestion right now. Uh, my next thought was on married people or special relationships, significant others. Um, I, uh, I've heard the statistic that, you know, when you're meeting somebody and you want to have a lot of things in common, checking off similar likes uh, gives you no better chance of having a, a um, till death do us part relationship than someone that has very few similar likes or things like that. So. Uh, that may go back to humanism or something. I don't know. Uh, and my last comment is the, the ego decision-making is done without any connection to Holy Spirit uh, or, to, or to our source. So a lot of times I know I've uh, had a decision I have to make and I put a line down the middle of the paper and the pros over here and the cons over there and See who's gonna see who's gonna win that. The uh, well, it, going back to logic again. What's the smartest thing to do with all those factors? So that's what I have on chapter on uh, the first paragraph. Um, anybody else have something they wanna share? I know Kathy's not got her hand up, but it looks to me like she's got both arms up and is wanting to jump in there. But uh, she's awfully still about it. I got to say that. Oh, Jim with the, yes, the talking stick. Go ahead, Jim Tynan. And you're on, there you go. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I had the banana peel. <laughs> yeah, one foot on the banana that, peel. That works, that works. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what, you know, with, in regards with this, what it reminds me of is, you know, it's not who you are. It's, you know, what you are. You know, you have to go back to the basic construct of what we think we are to be really helpful. You know, it's 
It's like, we don't know what we are. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so true. Lynn. Morning. I was Good morning. thinking of this relative to how early in the lessons this is. And certainly I came to the course believing that it was imperative that I learn how to control everything, how to understand everything, how to figure out what was going on and so that I could make the right decision. And, you know, I don't know that it ever occurred to me that there was a way for everyone to come out. Okay. It was a question of, you know, what's the greatest good. Um, and so this is just a really radical um, idea to think that my anxiety and fearfulness comes from thinking I could do that. You know, this thing that I felt was my assignment <laughs> since the day I was born is like to see that it's completely impossible. That's a very humbling thing. And it's also very hopeful. It was a, a hopeful um, recognition that I could take myself out of that position that is completely hopeless. So, thank you. You're welcome. Only my condemnation injures me. Today's lesson, it just, that really has just sprung out to me as an aha experience that I know it's obvious in a lot of ways, but I think for me, when something that I've read and agreed with uh, kind of possesses me or I, I can experience it, I guess I should put it that way. It's, it's so different. It's so different. And then I can start seeing uh, my life, things that have happened. In a, in a different light that, and it's powerful. Oh my gosh, if only I can, only my uh, judgment, my condemnation injures me. All these other things that, you know, long list of things that have happened to me. Um, of course, again, in the um, time and space, sure, some of that's happened, but it, it's not me, it's, so what? You know, it, it's, it's at least a, giant step towards uh, forgiveness and, and uh, just being able to live a freer life. Anyone else before we go to the second chapter, second uh, paragraph? Maurice. Yes, thank you. Um, that first line, if you are trusting in your own strength, you have every reason to be apprehensive, anxious, and fearful. And I, I have always prided myself in being in control of my life, you know, quote unquote, that I, uh, and the older I get, you know, and the more I um, realize that isn't what it's about. And especially in the course, it's about realizing how much I am projecting out there and making it my world instead of letting it go. Um, it's, uh, I, it's very counterintuitive to let go and not be that kind of strong you know to be yeah. what i would think of as weak by um not being in control not making myself the, the nice girl and being in charge of everything and letting go and just observing you know that's really pretty pretty big order for me thank you <laughs> you're welcome uh, I'll be right with you, Kathy. We don't really step into and uh, Javier to 
uh, into new age thinking that something happened to me. So that, so, uh, I'm not responsible for what that other person did or what happened. It's just my interpretation of it. So, um, uh, that's, uh, something I have to be aware of too, that it's, I'm not, uh, I'm not wishing, you know, a tree to fall on somebody's car and make it happen like that. Um, Kathy. Um, I just wanted to follow up um, with my own experience on what Horace said. I could totally relate to that. Um, I think that part of my belief that I always had control uh, over the things going on in my life um, may go back to when I was a kid, um, you know, being raised in a single parent household and always seeming like my mom was the um, being taken advantage of um, by maybe some unscrupulous businesses. Um, so, I mean, that was one of the things I learned how to tune up my car back when you tuned up cars because I didn't trust mechanics, but I was just, it, it didn't dawn on me as far as why I always felt so in control of myself um, in my life until Oris brought that up. So thank you, Oris. Yeah, thank you, Oris. And you too, Kathy. Thank you. You're, uh, you, you know you ignored Javier. No, I, I was oh. saving for... Oh, you were saving the best I, for last. I, I said thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Javier, you got two of us looking out for you. All right. Okay, okay. good morning. <laughs> good morning. Well, I really like this, this lesson, and that remind me how many years I trained myself in the past to do everything to... I can do it. I can do anything. I'm not even asking for help. Because I used to think that if I ask someone for help, then I had to, to do something for that person. It's like a, a trade. And that's why I convinced myself for years that I can do anything. And I could do it, I could do many things. And but it was exhausting. And with the course, even with the course I start, I remember I started the first class or the second class. Okay, I just need the guidelines so I can take them and I can do it. I don't need anything else. I can do the book, the guidelines, and I can do it. And the concept of trusting the Holy Spirit or God and don't do anything, just trust is so new but so it's a relief and yeah, I have been practicing that. It's hard because I'm used to, I, I want to do, I, I, I like the idea of being in control. Who doesn't? I mean, but the idea of trusting is, is really powerful and, and yeah, I wanted to share that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Kind of goes back to the original, uh, mistake of uh, thinking we can just do it ourselves, going back to that tiny mad idea, that that concept comes up to be a lot more and more. And it's kind of like, boy, that's really buried underneath. It feels like for me, anyway, I have to go through a lot of uh, uh, 
just becoming aware of that more and more when I when I'm not trusting that boy it's just uh, how I came into the world really not trusting and uh, the, the the I think we were talking about this before we started how nice it is to come to this point now where we can start looking at all this stuff uh, if you believe in past lives or not you know it's uh, enough is enough kind of thing so thank you. Tim, you have a talking stick. <laughs> <laughs> now that's not that's a talking stick, not a weapon. This, this is a Harry Potter. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I, oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> when when Javier put the accent on Khan, I was like, I just suddenly saw control as a conning troll. T oh. you know, a troll, a monster, and the con is on me. I'm trolling myself. Yeah. It's it's a troll that cons. <laughs> it can be but my own Con condemnation yeah. that injures yeah. me, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. conning myself. Yeah. Control. Control. You're, so, you're so good with words. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go on to paragraph two. Paragraph two. Of yourself, you can do none of these things. To believe that you can is to put your trust where trust is unwarranted and to justify fear, anxiety, depression, anger, and sorrow. Who can put his faith in weakness and feel safe? Yet who can put his faith in strength and feel weak? Uh, so my thoughts after reflecting on that was... Uh, Ego or Holy Spirit? Which one are you? Uh, which one are you choosing? Uh, it's kind of like saying, "No thanks, God. I'd, I'd rather do this myself." And then uh, I had a, a dream the other night. Actually, this is a reoccurring dream. And I'm driving a car, and all of a sudden, I'm kind of nodding, and there's this wall in front of me or behind me. I'm going through a mountain or something, but I keep. Wake, uh, waking up and falling asleep and I'm driving and I realize this is happening and I'm really quite petrified. I'm just waiting to crash the car. And uh, I asked my girlfriend, she likes to interpret these dreams and I'm not so quick about it. And uh, in the course, it says, uh, don't, don't let the blind one drive. <laughs> in other words, it's me, my ego driving my life. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to make it work, trying to make it work, but I'm falling asleep. Now I'm just waiting to crash, to hit bottom. And in other words, turn it all over to the Holy Spirit or to Jesus. Um, so I had an underlying belief or, uh, or choice for sin, guilt, and fear, which leads, leads to sin, guilt, and fear. So... I've only got one joke for you guys today, and you've probably heard this, but this is kind of what happens in this paragraph in my thinking. But, and if you know it, you can put your talking stick up or your, your green light. But you know what happens? Uh, you know what happened to the woman that backed into the propeller? Raise your hand if you've heard that joke before. All right, Bruce, what happened? I'm not saying it. <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's what I kind of got out of paragraph two. Any other comments on two? It's rather short. Okay. Let, oh, uh, Vicki. Well, um, depending on our own strength, and um, I'm thinking about the script, the script for separation, you, you're born in the dream and you learn how to eat for yourself you learn how to use a bathroom you learn how to walk you're being trained by others who by our parents and, and elders that have gone before us and and they're teaching we're, they're teaching us and we're teaching our children that you need to have good judgment about life and and um and we train each other to live separately. You know, the, the child at 18 or 21 or 25 is expected to go get their own apartment and um, their own car and pay for their things. I mean, the script is written to be uh, totally in anxiety and depression and anger and sorrow um, as, as we're trained. I mean, it, like you were talking about, Chris, it's, it's deep in there. Um, if you don't do the, the rules of separation um, in a civilized manner, you're, um, you're not accepted or acceptable. And, um, oh my God, I, I, I just, like, I realize in some things, I'll be like, oh, I've got to do something about this. I mean, it's just like so inherent in me as a parent. And even with my grown children, um, I've got to help. I've got to do something. I've got to make calls. And, um, and then <laughs> this week, something in particular happened where I was absolutely out of my mind um, trying to fix something for my 34-year-old son. And when all was said and done at the end of the day, it was all being taken care of just fine in a whole nother place. And, and he was okay. And, and I could get some sleep that night. But when, when I choose peace and the Holy Spirit, um, and actually in that particular incident I was talking about, I'm over here making these calls, trying to find out what's going on and how can I fix it? Does it need money? Do I need to get a lawyer? You know, whatever I could do. And, and then I would go, okay, wait a minute. You could choose peace instead of this. And that would, that would go for like 10 minutes and then I'd be back on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> but at least yeah. I knew I had a choice, I guess. And that was helpful, but it all worked out just fine. And I didn't do anything to make it work out for me. But how do you sit in that abstract mind when all this shit's going on around you yeah. and go, well, it's going to work out however it does, you know? Don't know, don't know the answer of all that yet. Well, thank you. Thank you. Something I've heard uh, from this panel a lot is it's uh, not so much that we don't do anything, but that we don't do it alone. And uh, that's been very helpful to me. I know with things that have come up and, and when I do feel connected to uh, Holy spirit or, uh, or Jesus, it just, 
I might do something and I might not. It, it's just uh, whatever decision I make feel, feels right at that point for me. I've been, uh, I've been putting together this whole idea of uh, resistance. Um, the lesson a couple days ago, it can be, but myself, I crucify. And then today is only that crucifixion injures me, only that, that condemnation injures me. And um, it's, it's really only that that can hurt me. Uh, the resistance to admitting that is ginormous. It's, it's really incredible. Um, when Lynn Altman was talking about we were born to, uh, with this assignment to take care of myself, well, inherent in that is I'm constantly judging that others being involved in that process, they're, they're either in my way or they're not good enough. When Javier was talking about control, that I have to do it because uh, nobody else is going to do it the right way, the way I want it done. So uh, I, I have to step up and do it myself. And including God, he's not going to do it right either. But inherent in that is there's this underlying judgment this condemnation, really, that my brother is inept, that God's inept. I mean, it, my assignment is crucifixion, but I don't admit that. My assignment from the ego's point of view is condemnation, constant condemnation. <laughs> Instead of constant comment, it's constant condemnation. But mm -hmm. that, uh, I, mean, I mean, just the resistance to admitting that out loud I mean, controlling, you know, it looks like that's not such a big thing. But if you, you think of it as it's a, a trolling monster that's basically conning myself. And I'm not admitting that every time I'm in control mode, I'm just underneath the surface condemning everybody. Well, that was the whole assignment in the first place. My whole assignment as an ego was to go condemn people so I wouldn't have to take responsibility for my own script. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's such a huge setup. And it's a self set up. I'm trolling myself. I'm counting myself with the whole thing. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I almost feel like this would be a good time to do a four M's, but I'm going to save that for uh, paragraph four and five. Uh, third paragraph. God is your safety in every circumstance. God is your safety in every circumstance. God's voice speaks for, um, excuse me. Uh, I'm interpreting this his as Holy Spirit's voice speaks for God, for God in all situations and in every aspect of all situations, telling you exactly what to do to call upon God's strength and his protection. There are no exceptions because God has no exceptions. And the voice which speaks for, for God thinks as God does. And I think the voice there is, is uh, clearly the Holy Spirit or Jesus. The, the comments I had for uh, the third paragraph were, uh, and, and, and then after I wrote these comments down, I kind of found out I was going to get my answer in paragraph four and five. But it's my, my initial question was, how do we know when we are listening to Holy Spirit or the ego? And, and I think my own answer to that, 
I can read my handwriting here is, is feeling the, am I feeling the love? Am I feeling at peace, the peace of God, or am I anxious? And uh, that's in my mind. Uh, sentence three, there, there are no exceptions because God has no, no exceptions. And again, drawing that line between what's going on in my mind or somebody else's mind, not necessarily what's happening in time and space. Anybody else have uh, reflections on the third paragraph? Lynn. I saw Lisa. <laughs> oh. um, but anyway, what I, what I was thinking there is that um, the Holy Spirit speaks for God in all situations and in every aspect of all situations, not about the situation. The temptation for me is to <clears throat> need an answer to the situation, to the problem, to the circumstance, to the tragedy, to the impending tragedy or whatever is going on. And I forget that it's the thought behind the tragedy, the judgment that's precipitating the thought of tragedy that needs to be corrected. And this morning I've been so, uh, you sort of alluded to it about the indigestion <laughs> that's currently what I see everywhere in, in the world. And that's reflecting my indigestion on a, on a mind level. It's reflecting my unwillingness to uh, trust God rather than my own self. My unwillingness to see that every brother is the same as me, a split off part of the sonship that I want to keep separate so that I can, you know, kind of carry on my merry dance. I was at the neighborhood pool yesterday and I was just watching everybody as I do each time I go. And what I saw was how I needed to find something wrong with every single person there. Young, old, fat, thin, noisy, uh, insensitive. Uh, I mean, it was just like, I, just like goosebumpy how my mind was just racing. And then for, for just a moment, I thought, these are all split up parts of myself. And I don't have to see them that way. And there was just, I didn't have any, like, I don't have any reference for that. So it was like, there was nowhere to go. But just that thought, just everything sort of stopped for a moment. And then I, it was sort of like, I couldn't do it quite the same way after. It was sort of, they were just parts of me. And I had that experience of no difference, same right mind, same wrong mind, same decision maker. But it wasn't anything that I did or they did. Or I mean, it was just such an extraordinary experience. And I think that's what he's talking about here. It's the voices speaking to that part of us. So it wasn't about my suddenly thinking of everybody differently. You know, it wasn't about what they did or how they looked or how they related to me. It had nothing to do with that all an idea in my mind of separation that needed to be looked at. So anyway, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. That's profound. Thank you, Lynn. Especially when you're looking at those things, or uh, I think we talked about, you know, watching the news or which side of the fence do we sit on to, to uh, pull what you're saying into to our the forefront, really. So thank you. Uh, Lisa. Yeah, I um, 
I was actually drawn to that exact same thing. His voice speaks for him in all situations and in every aspect of all situations. And I don't know, maybe there, maybe it's just me today, but I still think that there's like some way he's going to help me out in the world in, you know, and um, I totally appreciated what Lynn said, because that put me back to the mind, which is where all of this comes from. But I'm just reminded of like a, a few a few months ago, my friend was, he has some very specific health issues. And one of them are these hemiplegic migraines, where when they hit, he will go blind. And he was, it was at night one night, and he was driving home. And all of a sudden, he could not see as he was driving. And he said, God help me. And all of a sudden, he felt someone take the steering wheel. And he literally got driven home. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I have no explanation. I'm just saying that, I don't know, maybe he can come in sometimes in some situation. I, I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Lisa. We uh, had a little bit of that discussion before we started today about uh, uh, manifesting things or, you know, how does does God really work in the world like that? Or is, I don't, you know, it, it, it sounded like a topic we could go in fair amount of depth to, or, and then, then the, uh, the mindless madness of miscreation sounded like something I want to listen to. So thank you. Did I see another hand someplace? Uh, Audrey. I was holding up a crystal heart, but you can't. Oh, have... I'm so sorry. I would have come to you first. Oh, no, I, 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 I just, object, I, oh, well, well, I just sorry. held it up. No, don't no. happen again. Uh, um, she it doesn't. Um, I was, uh, I was thinking, you know, I, I've, I've shared this before and other people have too. I've been in AA for 36 years. And a lot of times I want to bring what I learn here or there, which is inappropriate and I don't do it, except in sneaky little ways. Um, but one of the things that happens when you're in that program for a really long time is what gets drummed into your head is that, <clears throat> you know, if you're, if, if you're depending on yourself, you're in big trouble. So I don't have any problem at all with getting that, you know, of myself, I am nothing. Um, and the, the concept that like, I, I'm, I, I don't believe anymore that God functions in the world, except that, God is all aspects of the world. And when I have those thoughts of, you know, judging people, what comes into my mind now, the best thing about this is what comes into my mind now is, um, is a lesson. So I always get this lesson. I trust my brothers who are one with me. And I suddenly remember that these assholes, <laughs> they're my brother, you know, they're me. And whether they're a projection, whether they're man, you know, I, I don't even care anymore, but I really get that all I'm going to ever get is a shift in my mind, which is all I ever need. It's not all I ever want, but it's all I ever need. And I do understand today that, um, you know, again, to just mention AA and, you know, they say the second step is uh, came to believe that a power greater than myself would restore me to sanity. I also grew up in a very unstable home. And I thought I had to be, had to take care of everything, had to be responsible. 
And I never, ever thought I could do it myself. I just thought that I, that I had to, because not even that is, you know, Tim said, which I also agree with, you know, I'm, I, but I wasn't thinking that God or anyone else was inept. I was thinking that I just didn't matter enough for anything to help me, you know, that I really was fundamentally alone, which is terrifying because on some level, every human being knows that we are very fragile in our bodies. So, you know, I don't, I don't have to fully understand. I certainly don't understand everything, but I do have the sense that that's where my salvation lies is getting out of who I think I am. And that is enough, you know, for today, that is enough. For today, thank you. And this moment, appreciate that. <laughs> oh, thanks for playing along too. I, I love the scene at the pool. I mean, I'm just looking at all those people and thinking they're to this or to that. And then I'm thinking, then the next thought was, would I ask any of them for help? Well, probably hell no. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then would I ask Jesus to help me see them the way He does? Well, God, He's He's like wrong about that person. He's wrong about yeah. that person. He's wrong about that person. <laughs> so do you ask him to take another look? <laughs> well, ultimately, where else am I going to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I'm kind of being a smart ass myself, like asking Jesus, look, you're not really seeing what a creep they are. You know, another judgment thought. Everybody good? Okay, um, for the next uh, two paragraphs, I'm just going to read them, and then I would like to do a, just maybe a minute of silence. And if, because this is actually practicing the lesson, although we'll do a kind of a shortened version of it, I'm not going to do a five-minute thing, but maybe a minute after I finish paragraph five, uh, let's do the do the lesson. And then if anything comes up that you want to share after that, we will open it up again. So uh, paragraph four, today we will try to reach past your own weakness to the source of real strength. Four or five minute practice periods are necessary today and longer and more frequent ones are urged. Close your eyes and begin as usual by repeating the idea for the day, which is God is the strength in which I trust. Then spend a minute or two in searching for situations in your life which you have invested with fear, dismissing each one by telling yourself, God is the strength in which I trust. Now, try to slip past all concerns related to your own sense of inadequacy. It is obvious that any situation that causes you concern is associated with feelings of inadequacy, for otherwise you would believe that you could deal with the situation successfully. It is not by trusting yourself that you will gain confidence, but the strength of God in you is successful in all things. The end of chapter of fifth paragraph.
So just in the next uh, 10 to 15 seconds, uh, come back when you're ready. Uh, thank you. The, the one that came up for me was um, my uh, sister has uh, COVID. We're supposed to have a family reunion coming up. Well, that's where I'm going uh, starting tomorrow, and, and they're not coming because she's had COVID. And her husband, who I've brought up before, is one of these very smart people who I think he thinks he knows everything. And every time, it just a lot of times what, what I project on him is that he knows better than I do, or he's judging me in some way. And he texted me today that she's in day three of COVID and she's just kind of sick of it. She's just mainly weak. And uh, I don't know what else he said, but my first thought was, why is he sending this to me? He, he should know that I, I already know this. I mean, it's, it's, you know, in the family gossip or whatever. And now he's telling me this because he thinks I haven't. And what I haven't done is I haven't sent anything out to my sister, Sally, like a text or a email or anything saying, you know, I hope you get to feeling better and all that. Uh, so I'm really judging him for being uh, uh, judging me, you know, like, Chris, what kind of brother are you? You haven't even sent, you know, something, some kind of response. And. Um, but when I've let, when I let that go, I, I do, I did feel a certain peace about it. Uh, she's going to be fine. I, mean, I think she's had all her shots. People that have their shots are uh, usually just get mild cases of COVID. Um, but I just felt a, a sense of peace about it. It's it, and it's, and I know it's my reaction to him. That's really bothering me, not her COVID or anything like that. And it's just, you know, it's kind of a recurring thought that I have about him that, needs work on my part you know releasing it to to uh, the holy spirit and uh, doesn't mean she's going to be doing jumping jacks tonight but uh, <laughs> uh but i have some peace of mind about it anyone else have anything come up or should we go on okay Let's go I was, uh, to. I was thinking about situ situations like that where, you know, like, it looks like I'm reacting to somebody judging me, but then I'm judging them for judging me. So, yeah. but I'm right. I'm right, you know. Yeah. So, but they're not right. I mean, yeah. it's always like, I, I don't want to pull the rug on the judgment. Now, yeah. now, I, you know, I get, I, I'm, I'm justified in judging. And then, then it's just the loop that goes back and forth. And back and forth. That's a that's a messy place to be in, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky because I'm feeling. Uh, excuse me. Uh, thank you, Kim. Uh, Gerald, um, can you hear me? Yes. You know, every time uh, the class comes up, I have all this resistance, and I say, "Oh, I don't want to do this. Uh, maybe I'll wait till next time." whatever the case might be. And then I see everybody's face. And actually there's a lot of humor that goes on in this group. And I so swift, I so connect with it all of a sudden. So if they're, what I experienced is kind of a presence 
um, that when I was thinking about joining the group, I was not experiencing. So God is the strength in which I trust. It just kind of takes place. Thank you. That's it. I, I, oh, you're, that's great. You're, that. you're the only one that's a bad course student, Jerry. Like <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're the only one that resists coming to these classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have such resistance. Put your toe in and see what the, weather, what, what the water's like. It's Thank my middle girl. initial R. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Bruce. Yeah, this, this sounds... Uh, sounds like maybe a little bit off topic, but I think it actually kind of fits in and, and it ties into, you know, the, the trusting in our own strength and our own, you know, judgment. Uh, recently, I've been watching in several different things, both, you know, like PBS and YouTube videos about, you know, the technology for self, um, self-driving cars and, and the, 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 the uh, you know, cameras and the, and the, software that basically detects when there's you know a danger and either brakes or turns or does whatever you know a, a you know a driverless car would need to do and and then they show the simulations and they basically have these like little little red boxes around people and other cars and things and and uh, and I'm thinking well that's kind of like what we're doing we're 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 making really really limited judgments about a finite misunderstanding of of a whole bunch of little little things that are just incredibly um you know <laughs> limited in terms of our understanding of this real situation and then we wonder why we crash and burn sometimes <laughs> because you know we're we're trusting on our own strength you know and it's like yeah no no wonder these things are having a little trouble getting off the ground you know I mean, it, yeah. it, and well, obviously there's some limited success on the, on the level of form with these things but but it's kind of like you know we're we're trying to like john wayne i can do it myself you know and and we and we got this little tiny window on on everything and 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 we wonder why you know the crash and burn scenario is so frequent well yeah <laughs> and yeah. The, the biggest the biggest misunderstanding is we don't see the innocence you know because the ego is incapable of seeing innocence so it's it's designed to crash and burn so anyway thanks thank you vicky i want to i want to ask lynn um, who's the guy that brings a boombox to the public pool and thinks we all want to hear his music? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> okay, well, I, I hate. To oh, that'd be me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Paragraph six. The recognition of your own frailty is a necessary step in the correction of your errors, but is hardly, it is hardly a sufficient one in giving you the confidence which you need and to which you are entitled. You must also gain an awareness that confidence in your real strength is fully justified in every respect and in all circumstances. So for this, I put this was... Uh, sort of the difference between, uh, look, you know, I have a whole list of little things here. Look, but basically it's look at me. What, what a great lesson I just taught everybody. Look at me. 
look look what I did. Wow, I can do, uh, I can, and even I thought, I can even harness this Holy Spirit guy and do miracles. Or, tr or the, the flip side of that is, or truly forgetting there is an I at all. No uh, recognition of an I or awareness uh, uh, leads to an awareness of real strength. Um, to, to me, that was a really heavy paragraph to think of, you know, there are really, I'm not just saying I'm not here. I'm not even saying, uh, it's even ego when I think I'd all I have to do is, okay, Holy Spirit, do this, do this, do this. What a, it gets into magic again for me. And I, and it's real easy for me to slip into thinking, uh, here, look what I did. I think, uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, explained at one time that, um, it is a miracle what the Holy Spirit can do in our mind. But the minute the minute you start thinking, look what I did, look what I did here, you're getting in trouble again. You're sliding right back into the ego. So that's what I got out of six. Uh, anybody else? When uh, when Bruce said um, come back to the sitting at the pool, basically, you know, I'm incapable of seeing them without judging the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm incapable of that. I mean, I have to step outside of this box, outside of me, and access something bigger than me. I mean, I'm incapable of seeing innocence. I mean, it's not just like I'm weak. <laughs> it's just like, it, I can't do it. <laughs> just like, there's no way I can even take one of those people and see them without judging the crap out of them by myself. But I'm good at that. Now that's where my strength is. <laughs> I, I'm a strong yeah. ego boy. Yeah. My middle name is R too, boy. Look out. <laughs> uh, what's the R stand for? I'm missing something here. Oh, I don't know anything you want. Rebellion, resistance. <laughs> okay. Resistance. Yes. R, R, R. I'll be in a play anyway. All right. Piracy? R. R, R, R. Piracy. Sure. I'm going to go on. Uh, seven. Uh, Lynn had something. I'm sorry. Lynn. It's just a real, uh, I, that sentence too, confidence in your real strength is fully justified. That just kind of really got to me. I just realized how, how much I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, and that this is really a big undertaking and that that really is developing that confidence through the practice of forgiveness. I mean, it just sounds like it's like the opposite of, you know, by recognizing that I don't have the answers, but there is something within me that does is the very thing that's going to give me confidence. So, I mean, it's, it's a, a real, um, I mean, it just turns the ego on its head <laughs> and me on my head when I've relied on the ego. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Bruce. Yeah, just tying into what Lynn just said, I, I, it kind of remind me of when I was getting a pilot's license years ago. I never got instrument rated. I just, you know, VFR is what, is what they call visual flight rules. But but uh, the pilots that are instrument rated, you know, they basically can fly in and out of airports that are totally socked in. 
I mean, you know, you, you you take off the plane into the clouds, and you get where you're going. And in fact, the whole the whole route could be completely overcast, with zero visibility. But you know, if you trust the instruments, trust Holy Spirit, metaphorically, mm-hmm. you can get take off, get where you're going, navigate, do the whole thing, all with that 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 instrument guidance. You know, but but the instrument of the Holy Spirit that you know we need training and practice in order to use that properly. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Dave Van Dyke, maybe the only Dave here today, I think. Dave. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I wanted to share another flying story. Uh, Bruce and I were in a uh, group called Creative Dynamics in California. And the, the guy who headed it up, his name was Floyd Edwards. And Floyd was a pilot. And uh, he told a story one time about um, getting into a tailspin in, a, in an airplane. <clears throat> and he, the... Uh, the controls are useless at that point. Um, the plane is spinning. He's trying to work the controls, trying to get out of it. And the ground's coming up, you know? And um, <clears throat> then he remembered uh, something in his training where they said, if you just let go of the controls, the plane will right itself. Now, mm. I don't know anything about, you know, whether that's actually true or not, <clears throat> um, but, you know, he he recalled that from his training, and that's what he did at that point. He let go of everything, and it didn't happen right away. So he had to keep his hands off of the controls, but the the plane eventually righted itself before he hit the ground. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, just, just another good metaphor for, um, you know, sometimes trusting. We, we really, you know, if, if we're, if we, are persevering with our trusting. Sometimes it takes a little bit of a push, but it happens. You know, the Holy Spirit will make sure that that does happen. Anyway, just wanted to share that. Thank you. Yeah. There's a, there's a great scene in the, remember Alan, Alan Alim, the Shirley MacLaine movie where she proclaims her new age, new agey stuff. And, but there's a scene where she's with her guru or teacher in the jungle and they're driving through the jungles of Peru. And he's going to show her about letting go of control. So he's the one driving. She's sitting there next to him. And he takes his hands off the wheel and closes his eyes. In this case, I think it was the aliens took over. But I mean, the, the, and she's, she's screaming at first. And then she gets totally giddy and starts laughing hysterically. But it's a great scene of, for letting go of the, that kind of control in form. But I mean, and letting some, you know, something else happen. <laughs> Bruce has got. I've got one other postscript with Dave's story about our friend Floyd reminded me of is, I when I when I was you know, learning to fly, one of the things you have to practice is is a departure stalls, and if you don't apply enough right rudder, you will go into a spin. And I did that one time. Unfortunately, my instructor knew how to recover, and and he said, you know, explain after the fact as you're spiraling down. <laughs> He says you have to actually do what's counterintuitive. You actually have to lower the nose rather than pull up on the oak to, to let the air flow over the wings again. And then you gradually apply power and then pull out of the dive. But uh, but that's that's we have to, you know, kind of go against our, our ego training, you know, kind of like you know, in the in the snow, you have to turn into the skid, you know, kind of thing rather than you have, so you have to look at 
the negativity. You have to look at the thought system, basically, so I, how I would see it, instead of saying, "No, I, I can't look at that. I, I need to. I need to do it myself." <laughs> so I think there's a, some good metaphors there. Thanks. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, Orice. Well, I'm uh, really afraid of what everybody's going to think of me <laughs> right now when I say this, but I think I've been thinking about what Lisa, Lisa said about the uh, fellow who suddenly was uh, saved. And then, Dave, you know, it's like uh, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of resistance and a lot of judgment about people having miracles, quote unquote, like that happened to them and thinking that's I'm not special like they are. I think that's what it brings up for me. But you know what comes to me on just the other hand is, Maurice, you could probably go out there and walk on water. You could learn to do that. You could learn to drive without your hands on the wheel. I could learn, but it would be easier for me to learn that than it would be for me to learn forgiveness. Oh, yeah. I think that's the real, that's the real miracle. And it's so easy to get sidetracked for me in being, you know, not feeling special not feeling like I'll ever be holy or whatever it is, holy enough, so that I can just ask the Holy Spirit something and he'll answer me like in, a, in my ear or he'll tell me what to do. I mean, I don't doubt that happens, but it, it really makes me go through a lot of resistance. And then, like I said, I know that the only job I have is to learn the much harder <laughs> miracle of letting it go and, and uh, forgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Aris. What it proves to me is I'm not flying with Bruce or Dave or anybody <laughs> they know. That's what it proves to me. <laughs> That's kind of a mix of the two. Yeah. Metaphysical and uh, here and now stuff. I mean, the time and space. Yeah, both. All right. Let me finish up uh, this lesson 47. I'll read seven and eight. In the latter phase of the practice period, try to reach down into your mind to a place of real safety. You will recognize that you have reached it if you feel a sense of deep peace, however briefly. Let go all the trivial things that churn and bubble on the surface of your mind and reach down below them to the kingdom of heaven. There is a place in you where this is perfect peace. There is a place in you where nothing is impossible. There is a place in you where the strength of God abides. And during the day, repeat the idea often. Use it as your answer to any disturbance. Remember that peace is your right because you are giving your trust to the strength of God. And uh, my only comment there was no matter what happens in the outer world or in the sense of form, peace is my right. Uh, and I put because God is the strength in which I trust. Audrey. First of all, I will never ever get a self-driving car. Never. <laughs> I don't believe in them. Um, and I, I think there's like the, we're kind of mixing the metaphors where, you know, this system that when you're flying a plane that can get you down without you're doing anything. And in fact, you should get out of the way. It's like two parts. First of all, understanding it's there and then you don't I don't need to trust it it doesn't matter whether I trust it or not I can I can let go with a great deal of fear and that system if I think of that system as God 
you know, will land me back into unity as one. But, you know, my focus is always on the body and getting hurt and crushed and smashed. Um, and, you know, that's, that for me is, is the hardest shift is that I, you know, I mean, and, and it's connected to all the others. I don't want to let go of, of this, even though this drives me crazy. Um, I used to skydive and I, I never did it enough so that I could free fall. I always had the, the static cord. Um, and that means that you jump and the, the chute comes off. And that's a crazy thing to do. And I was young, <laughs> but it was fantastic. But, um, but, but there does come a point where I find myself with this course in certain situations where I just say, jump. In fact, I remember that one of the first times I went, I was over the jump zone. You have to jump when you have to jump because they know they want you to land in a certain place. And so I, I, I could see though what they call the jump master saying to me, jump, God damn it. You know, and the next thing he was going to push me. Um, and, you know, you just jump. And I feel like that a lot with the Course in Miracles. I don't, I, and this idea of returning to, to oneness, so much in me screams against that. But there is that quiet place in me that says, jump, <laughs> jump. And every time I jump, I feel peace, you know, and I still don't want to, and I will never get a self-driving car. Uh, Banana Man, Jim, thank you, Audrey. Thanks, Chris. You know, the, the one thing that I've come to practice and seems to be 100% effective is help. You, you know, insincerity, if it's insincerity, whatever it is, any kind of wherever I'm not feeling my bearings, you know, like my, my compass is off or, you know, just help in, in honesty and sincerity. And, it, the, you know, the Course says God will be, will always answer. And that, that's just what I had to, what I've had to go to. Thank you. I'm going to give us a uh, shortened version of Lesson 48, because remember, we just had the cake, and now the icing on the cake. Chocolate cake, by the way. Good cake, thick, lots of icing on it. But I'm just going to read the title and one thing that I have here, and then we'll go to our closing. But what, uh, what flavor is the icing, though? <laughs> well, that's also chocolate. Sorry. But we're going, mm, and chocolate's good for you, by the way, uh, in time and space, of course. So lesson 48, there is nothing to fear. First paragraph, uh, fifth sentence. But it is very difficult. Again, the lesson, there's nothing to fear. But it is very difficult to recognize it for those who want illusions. And illusions, again, are separation, uh, the whole experience of sin, guilt, and fear. There is nothing to fear, but it is very difficult to recognize it for those who want illusions to be true. Myra, would you close us out by reading Lesson 365? 
Okay, just let me get there. 365. Oh, of course. And then we'll get the silent for about a minute afterward and I'll call us back. Thank you. This holy instant would I give to you. Be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. And if I need a word to help me, you will give it to me. If I need a thought, that will he also give. And if I need but stillness and a tranquil, open mind. These are the gifts I will receive of him. He is in charge by my request, and he will hear and answer me, because he speaks for God, my Father, and his Holy Son. Amen. Thank you, Myra, and thank you, everyone, for being here today. It's good to see everyone. It's really good. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody. Hmm. All right. Happy Saturday.